The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Witty City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears fall to two and six <laughs> after a very depressing 30 to 13 loss in Los Angeles to the Chargers. Other than the game, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's it's Halloween season. That's that's one of my favorite holidays of the year. Um, I took today off partly because the Bears played last night. I was up late writing, getting things prepped for the site. And partly because I knew today I would be doing some stuff around the house. So, you know, we got the chainsaw ready to go for the kids, you know, the dead bodies hanging from the tree. So we're almost there. We'll finish up the uh, the decorations tomorrow. Then I uh, have the have the kids uh, come by tomorrow for a trick or treat. You need to snap some pictures and, and share those on the socials. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see that. That's yeah. great stuff. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's fantastic. Um, I want to just make sure I thank Taylor for filling in on this show last week. Did a great job. Really appreciate that. Uh, you got to talk about a win with Taylor, and uh, that, that's great. I'm glad that somebody got to, got to have fun. Yeah. I got to watch the game with uh, with our friend Andrew, who's been a big supporter of, of the podcast channel. Um, we, get, we saw watch that game in a New York bar, New York City bar. It was pretty cool. Uh, he was saying that the bar was packed week one against the Packers, right? Just just packed. And then against the Raiders, there were like three other Bears fans. Uh, and then there were more fans of other teams. It was a Bears bar, but there were more fans of other teams watching games. And so, I mean, you could just tell the energy is, you know, kind of gone at that point. But uh, some interesting things to talk about in that game last week. And then, of course, following in this game this week, uh we're gonna get into it uh yeah, there's gonna sure. be some chris collinsworth talk today oh, because, holy smokes what the heck was that uh we need to discuss that uh but we start off every show talking about the trenches so trench tribute this week who do you got i'm gonna go with the rookie right tackle darnell Wright. you know he had a nice game you know i, I was expecting you know joy bose on one edge kill him cleo mac on the other you know, Brandon Staley would kind of, you know, move those guys around. And, and uh, you know, they have some good pass rushers. I mean, the, the Chargers have a terrible pass defense. You know, they were like the worst in the NFL, but they were good at getting after the quarterback. So I thought, okay, they're going to heat up agent. It'll happen. It didn't. You know, uh, Darnell Wright did a pretty good job. Um, he didn't pitch a shutout. He gave a few, a few pressures, but no sacks. And he was good in a run game. He just keeps showing that he is that guy. You know, he's a physical presence. You know, coming out of college, he, he was a pretty good pass blocker, 
and and but I, I think that as a rookie so far, his run game uh, much better than I thought. I thought he would struggle a bit because in college he was inconsistent, but he's got it down. I mean, he has he has pretty good technique in the run game. Once he latches on, he's got gotcha. you. You know, he he drives you. He he likes to finish you. I mean, there's a few plays in the game against Charger where he just would just take the guy and took him to to the turf. So. I like Darnell Wright. I'm a really big fan of his game. 100% agree. I got two game, two names written down per usual. One of them was Darnell Wright. Uh, when he gets out in space, he's pretty fun, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he, it's a big guy moving, but yeah. you know, he's yeah. still he's still fleet of foot enough, and and I think young enough in his career that he he's still uh, pretty pretty good on the move. So that's really cool to see that touchdown run. He's out in front. I mean, who else would you? want more than right like just you know that, that has to feel pretty good for Darrington Evans uh, yeah. at, at that point when he sees big number 58 rolling down the field in front of him absolutely well deserved there I'm going to go with his new uh, guard partner uh, in Tevin Jenkins I, it just one of those two guys was where I was going to go with this the right side of the line looked pretty good yeah uh, you know like Jenkins is obviously he's a baller in the run game and that's generally where you put the right guard, right? Um, you put the left guard, a guy that's maybe a little bit more adept at the, the pass pro. Uh, but the, the right side of the offensive line with, with Jenkins and Wright looks fantastic. And it looks much better than what's happening on the left side of the offensive line right now, where you have your swing tackle, Larry Borum playing, and you have and you have Cody Whitehair, who's doing his best. He's, yeah. he's out there trying, I guess, is, is what we'll say. Uh, but, you know, probably past it, uh, probably doesn't have it anymore. But the, the right side, if you just watch the right, you know, cover up the left side of the offensive line when you're watching the game, just watch the right side. It's pretty good. Um, and, and those two guys are, are really impressive. And when you're when you're in another season like this and you're looking for some silver linings, I think you can point to those two guys and say that there it is. That those are two guys that you can build that offensive line around. Maybe, you know, Braxton Jones comes back. You add a center prospect in, you know, Nate Davis, you know, you've got on a contract. Maybe you're not that far away from having a legitimate offensive line. Yeah, we talked about it a lot when I subbed. Uh, it's funny because I did Bears over Beers and it turned into a bunch of old line talk because, you know, I think it's kind of, I think because I, I was steering the combo. So that's kind of where I took it because that's what I want to talk about anyway. So, yeah, when, when Nate Davis comes back, that's a good problem to have because he was playing pretty good before he got hurt. Uh, of course, the high ankle sprain is a problem for him. It's, you know, a lot of people say it's, you know, it's a four-week injury. Uh, he's not an IR, partly because the Bears don't have many more IR designated to return spots left. There's only three left they could do, so maybe why they didn't put him on IR. But at some point, he should be back. And I think at that point, he's always been a right guard. So I think he goes back to his spot, kick Jenkins over to the left side. Cody Whitehair now becomes your, your swing guard. I think that's probably what you have to do. Lucas Patrick, he's fine. <laughs> you know, he, he was good against the Raiders, which was funny because that's the week here. You know, I, I'm talking to Taylor, of course. We're talking about Lucas Patrick. This week, he was not very good. So, they, like you said, center. They got to figure center out. Yeah, I mean, they have <laughs> – there's that old saying, like, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. You know, right now they have, like, four centers, they but they do, don't have any centers. Yeah. Right. Like they've got Lucas Patrick, who I think we've seen enough of to say, like, yeah, it's, he's not the guy. He's got Cody Whitehair, who, you know, yep. this deep in his career doesn't know how to snap. And, you know, just it seems like his problems have just exacerbated and got worse over time. You got Dan Feeney, who you gave up a six round pick for, who he, I think he's had like three snaps or something like that. One that like almost went over the head and, you know, whatever. Uh, and then you've got Doug Kramer, who, you know, we've 
haven't really seen it yet from him, right? Um, and you know, a little bit undersized. So you got four centers, but you don't have a center, right? Like that, that's kind of where the Bears are at. Let's maybe invest some capital in there and get get a guy, right? Whoever the GM is this offseason, whoever it is, you, you got to get a center. You got to get a center. All right, so let's move on to our tweet of the week, uh, sweet tweets. I'll start us off. Our friend Brendan Chagru. I'm going to say his last name correctly this time because got it. That's it. It's a weird. It's a weird, you know, Irish spelled last name. Yeah, and I have butchered it in the past, yeah. but I made sure that I remembered how to say it. Uh, he had a good one uh, earlier today. Through eight weeks, the Bears have 25 pre-snap penalties. That's second most in the league. Last year, they had 28 total. Keep talking about the fundamentals, though, Matt. That that was uh, that was the tweet. Yeah. I mean, it's been a problem, and we're deep enough in the season where you can say this is a this is a real problem. It wasn't just a, a blip. It wasn't oh, it was working out the kinks in September. This is halfway through the year. You know, we we are through October, and you now can see that this is added up to the second most in in the league, and that's not what hits is all about, right? Like yeah. it's, it's this is the opposite, and so again, if you're not built to overcome penalties like the bears are not uh you know it hurts even more right these drives are basically dead as those things happen you know you cost yourself five yards back up first from 15 or you know second and 15 or whatever and you know you're you're already behind the sticks and you're not able to catch up when when you're playing an offense that's designed to like get four or five yards at, at a clip um and and really aren't relying on any kind of explosive play element with with this quarterback and, and with this approach you have no margin for error like this. You can't have pre-stat penalties. And this team is full of them. This team has to be perfect to even have a chance to come near a victory. And there have only been five in the Ibufus era. It's just ridiculous because last year they were pretty good. I mean, you can look at the team and say that they were awful. Of course, they had only three wins. You know, there were some exciting moments here and there. But you know what? The hits philosophy seemed to be kicking in because they were not penalized very often. This year... Um, there's been a, at least one 10 penalty game. There's been a couple nine. I think they had an eight. They had seven this last week. You know, two weeks ago against the Raiders, they had two penalties wiped out big plays from Darrington Evans. Um, same thing this week. They wiped out some big plays. Big Foreman run. Yeah, I, I mean like the, the, the hits philosophy. Again, this is your this is what you're hanging your your hat on. You know, you're you're the culture guy. We talk about all the time. You're the, you're the culture guy. And and you're having these pre-snap penalties, these penalties, and in year two of your of your culture, you know that th- that should not be something that gets worse in time. That should be getting better in time, and it's not happening. What about you? Would you have Jared Payton? Of course, we all know the the son of the greatest Chicago Bear of all time, Walter. Uh, he tweeted out, um, "I'm tired of being embarrassed on national TV as Bears fans. I know it's the norm for us, but it shouldn't be." This is the son of the greatest Chicago Bear of all time. He's embarrassed for the franchise. I saw this tweet and I'm like, man, that's that's sad. That's sad to see. It's but it's so true, you know, and it's it's not just prime time. I mean, like five wins in this era, you know. Um, before that, the whole naggy thing, a lot of embarrassing moments there, too. You know, Fox, eh, Tressman, okay, you know. It's been a long time since this franchise has been something you can be proud of. And when Jared Payton is, you know, when he, when he's sick and tired of this stuff, you know, just, just hope this kind of stuff gets to, to someone that can say, you know what, we got to change. And 
whether it's George or whether it's Kevin Warren or, or Ryan Poles or someone, you know, it, it's got to stop. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's the city of Chicago deserves so much better than what the, the product has been on the field. You know, the, these networks so desperately want Chicago to be good. Right. Mm-hmm. This is like part of when you get to talk to somebody. I don't know if this is happening. This happened on, on my trip. I was in conversation with somebody and they're like, you know, I think honestly, NFLs are registered as like an entertainment product. I think it's rigged. And I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. Do you know why? It's because if it was rigged, they would have yeah. rigged one for Chicago. Like yeah. they want this team to be good because it's a huge market. Like they're not just putting Chicago fans through pain on purpose, right? This is, this is, in the building this is a structural problem in the building and these 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 networks want chicago to be good because they want to sell advertising that's yeah, that's the yeah. game right they pay a lot for these rights they want a big audience they want to attract uh you know the, the dollars from advertisers and so they put the bear at the faintest glimmer of hope they give the bears national games and then what happens is they turn out to not be very good and and they give these clunker of the game and so they get blown out and, the, and people are tuning out people are yeah. tu- you know turning off that game bears fans maybe watch the whole game i mean i watched the whole game because i got to talk about it yeah. but you know like this thing was what 30 to 7 you know at one point like th- yeah. this game wasn't competitive at all ever right this game fell over in the first quarter and so you you continue to do that, and you're not going to get that national attention that i mean I, we I, games flexed out already here Right, like uh, the local market in Des Moines, Iowa, is flexing out of Bears games to show some, you know, a more national game of the week. Not even another local team, just a national team. Right, that's embarrassing. I got to go to a bar to watch watch a game or try to do an illegal download, which I would not do. Right, so never, I go to the never, bar. Never. I like, support local. Right, so like you know, it is embarrassing. Right, and and then like I always wear my Bears gear, like win or lose, I'm wearing Bears gear, and the amount of like shit that i get talked to because i'm wearing bear stuff but i'm at a i'm on the east coast this last week i stopped in to uh try to you know see if i can find a bourbon bottle you know on the bourbon hunt you guys know what i'm talking about and this guy goes bears fan huh and i said is that all right and he goes well yeah but i just feel bad for you guys <laughs> oh man literally what he said and i go oh. the pity from the east coast fans that's that's oh terrible. thanks man i was like well you know it is what it is and and he, I go, what's your team? And he goes, oh, I'm an Eagles fan. And I go, oh, my God. An Eagles fan has just reached out to me and said, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. That sucks for you. Like, an Eagles fan. Like, they're, aren't they supposed to be the worst fans out there? And this the guy's city like, of brotherly love. Sorry, you know? sorry about your, your plight in life, buddy. Anyway, it is embarrassing right now. And it's tough, right? I understand mm-hmm. if you guys out there aren't wearing your gear as often because it's tough. Like you don't really want to deal with it. You don't want to talk about it. I didn't necessarily want to talk about it all the time either, but you know, it is what it is. It's such a part of my wardrobe, right? Let's just move on stats. I'm, uh, there's not a lot of fun stats, but, um, I tried to go in a like non-negative direction. That's good. Uh, Mine is negative. (laughs) Okay. So I'll, I'll start off. So my number is 15. Okay. And that is, there are 15 months separating Justin Fields and Tyson Bajan. Justin Fields is barely older than Tyson Bajan. This idea that I have seen regularly out there that that 
Tyson Bajant is so much younger than Justin Fields and you got to give him time to develop is not a real thing, right? Tyson Bajant was in college for longer. These guys are really only separated by a little over a year in age. Bajant is kind of a fully baked prospect coming out of college. We've talked about how many passes he, he threw in Division II. You know, Justin Fields obviously got a couple years starting experience at Ohio State. But this idea that you want to, like, discard Justin Fields because you have this young guy that you want to give a lot of reps to because you think he's going to grow is not really backed up by anything real, right? I mean, the the – they are not that far apart in age. This is not some like Justin Fields is 28 and this this kid's 22, right? There, there's not this big difference in age. They're about the same age. And so I just I just was like, how much different? I, I saw it enough that I had to go look and see when these guys were born. And there's only 15 months apart. We, we got to just kind of kill that narrative. This is, That's not what this is. This is not young guy needs time to develop. This is a guy that we think could probably add value as a really good and cheap backup and that is different than somebody who's going to be the franchise quarterback who can take you to a super bowl yeah i think we both like bajan i think yeah. i think most most bears fans like bajan there's just a it's just a weird section of bears fans and it's like either or it's like it's like they can't be fans of both it's like they have to make sure they they take their shots at one guy or the other and it's like what are we doing here you know i mean it, it benefits us as fans if 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 this guy's a good quarterback and and if his ceiling is good backup quarterback that's a heck of a draft a heck of a use of your undrafted free agency that that's awesome you know we talk about all the time now you don't have to spend 4 million on PJ Walker next year cuz you got a guy in house that you're paying you know relatively cheap who you trust as your backup. And I, I think he had a nice game. We'll talk about him more here in a second. Um, but but for me, my number is 13.6. So so Aaron Lemming, our guy, he, he pulled the Bears uh, stat that they've been outscored by 68 points in games following the five wins in the Eberflus era. So 13.6 is 68 divided by five. So they're getting outscored by about two touchdowns a game after every win. You know, they never had a winning streak. You know, that's just not what this 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 organization does anymore under Flus. And are they that ill-prepared that they're dropping it by two touchdowns following games? Uh, that's terrible. That is so bad. I did not know that. That That is a – I mean, I knew that they hadn't won back-to-back -back games yeah. because, you know, there's only five wins and you, know, <laughs> you can kind of remember them and remember yeah. the deserts in between. But losing by two touchdowns after every win, like, it smoked after just, every oh. just, just letting the air out of it, it, all of the goodwill that you had built up in the week before. Yeah, they just—they all seem like these isolated incidents. And then there's always this like real like that's the thing about Bears fans, right? Is that they're like, well, maybe they turn the corner, right? Like <laughs> yeah. remember the the win against the Patriots is like, well. You know, like it's new. It's you know, and then it was just losses, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that man, that's fascinating. That is a uh, that is a good pickup by our, our friend Aaron Lemming. Uh, sad pickup, but a good pickup. Yeah. Holy crap! Okay, this that was depressing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not commonly shocked by your your comments, your numbers. That one got me. So I did that's not good. see that I one. Did it. Nice. You get it. Uh, all right. We're going to go with uh, Bajan Orange, the, uh, the Bajan report here since Fields is still out. 
Uh, Bajan went 25 of 37 for 232 yards. That is a 6.3 yards per attempt. Not great, but okay. Um, he did not throw a touchdown pass, although he certainly had an opportunity to throw a touchdown pass uh, to, to Valus Jones uh, awesome. and did throw two interceptions uh, in this one. I, I took one sack, you know, like, so your sack, sack watch is going to be light work this week. So that, so that's good. But, you know, overall, again, like, this is to me, this just, it's a Gardner Menchu guy, right? Like, and yeah. I like Gardner Menchu, but this feels a little Gardner Menchu. And, and I had tweeted out uh, at the beginning of this game, like, okay, we, we saw what this guy can do against, you know, admittedly a, a not so good football team uh, in the Raiders when they got a positive game script, the, the running game looked good. You know, everything rolled pretty well for him. He was able to matriculate the ball down the field regularly. Uh, you know, he got a defensive touchdown, the defense played lights out, right? Like that's a really good game script for a guy like Tyson Bajan. This one, Bears get down early, right? They don't really ever establish the run. They, you know, they try to, they try to have to force the pass and it just, every throw is not on the table for him, right? He just, he does not have that world-class arm that he can throw every direction. Brandon Staley is a smart defensive coach took away some stuff, right? Took, took away middle of the field a lot from him um, and, you know, really forced him to throw out uh, on the sidelines. Doesn't have the strongest arm, right? So that is, uh, you know, he can get it there. He had a couple good balls, particularly yeah. Cole Komet. Uh, but, you know, overall, like he's not going to be able to to make them pay and, and force, force down the field. And so this is kind of what you expect against a little yeah. bit more of a talented defense, even though their their secondary has struggled this year, uh, the Chargers secondary has struggled this year. But this is this is kind of what you expect um, a, a guy like him to do. Get, gets the ball out quick, uh, you know. Does have a higher like a decent completion completion percentage, but you know, not a real explosive play element to his game. Uh, you know, minus the the play to Mooney, and that probably should have been a touchdown. Should have been a touchdown. Runs right. Mooney Mooney didn't sell it right. That, yeah. Maybe we should talk about that. Uh, but you know, overall, I would say like, you know, if the bar is, we're judging this guy as an underdrafted free agent rookie, who's, who's making a start, he was fine. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, made some turnover worthy plays, made some, made some nice throws, um, you know, particularly to Cole Komet. Uh, but overall, right. Like not nearly enough to, to carry this team to a victory. I thought he played fine. You know, he, he played kind of like I, I expect him to play. Um, I, I wrote in the early in the week that if the Bears had any chance to win the game, he would have to go ridiculous and have an outstanding game passing the ball because that's what the Chargers give up. They give up hard yards to the air. You know, he, they gave some yards up, but, you know, like you said, Brandon Stilley is a good coach. He kind of schemed some stuff, some different looks. I think he fooled Bajan a couple times. I mean, he threw the, the two picks. He had a couple others that probably should have been. He had a couple others where he kind of was – I don't know who he was, who he was throwing to. Uh, so – you know, he, he had a rough game, but again, undrafted free agent rookie, this is what you expect. S some people in Chicago media went overboard. You know, some people in the national media went overboard. And they wanted to talk about this guy like he was going to be the next guy. And like it's like, well, let's, just, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You know, that's that's not what who he is at this point in his career. He may end up becoming a fantastic NFL quarterback. But if not, if he ends up being a guy that's bounced around you know, 10, 12 years, has the Chase Daniel career arc. That's outstanding from where he's coming from. Yeah, he's not going to have to go into a second career after. Like, I mean, that, that, that yeah. there's real money 
and being a guy that stays on NFL rosters for a long time, it's not an insult to say that like this, when I say Gardner Menchu, I really like Gardner Menchu. Like yes. you have to know what that is, right? Yeah. Like this is not one of the top guys that you're going to like try to build around to try to win Super Bowls. This is a guy that you want to have because he can come in for, you know, finish out a game if your quarterback goes down or, or, or spot start a couple weeks in the year. Like that's what that guy's for, right? So that's, that's the, the metric that you should be judging against, the bar that you should be judging against for a guy like this. If somehow he just takes leaps and bounds and becomes something better, then great. Like then, awesome. then we're talk, having exactly. a different conversation. But let's, why are we jumping the gun? Yeah. But I want to, I think this is the space to talk about Chris Collinsworth. Uh, unbelievable what Chris Collinsworth was talking about last night. At one point, he said that Justin Fields needed to study him. They yeah. needed to study how Tyson Page is running the offense. He, I mean, it, and you know, I'm I'm listening to the the slurp fest about this <laughs> this young man, and like I I understand how these things are put together. You go and you interview coaches and you interview players and you have these prepared remarks. All those sideline hits, like those things, are all prepared throughout the week when they meet with the media. You know, they're just waiting to you know give you little hits on. You know, uh, Deontay Foreman didn't play for, you know, like whatever it is, they have something prepared, They something triggers it, they throw it down, or they have it in their notes up at the top, and those guys start talking about it. But the level with which they were talking about Tyson Bagent, like he was the new the new hot thing in the NFL, the new guy, and he and defending his arm strength and, and all this, like, I, mean, I have eyes. Like, he can't throw the ball. He doesn't have all throws available to him. That's fine. Not all quarterbacks do. Why are we pretending like he does? Yeah. Why are we pretending like he has he, he he has arm strength as a as a as a feature of his game? It's not it's not there, right? And so I, where did they get this? And this is this is the part where I'm where, where I'm having some trouble right now yeah. because this feels like this was this was pushed by the Bears coaching staff, and it definitely feels like they are. Now at the point where they are trying to pin the issues of the year on Justin Fields to try to save their jobs. Mm -hmm. And if if you're a Bears fan and you listen to that game and you weren't kind of disgusted by what was happening, like I I I just don't agree. <laughs> like I, I got really upset with it. Like I I, I listened to, to Collinsworth and, and Tarico continue to go down this line. And I'm like, I they're being they got fed this. This is something that they're they're reporting on based on what they heard. And I don't like it, man. Like I don't I don't like how they're trying to throw fields under the bus. And I I know I'm out on on Matt Everflus. I, I've been out for a while. Yep. Uh, but but this if George can put two and two together, he should be just sending these guys home right now. You know, I, I didn't watch the I watched the game live, but I was doing the I was media casting on the PSF app. So I didn't have the volume up. Um, but then after the game went, was over, Jack Silverstein had a tweet, and, and he kind of referenced this whole thing that was being said there. I'm like, oh, my God. And then uh, Kyrie Thompson, he wrote an article at, at Winnie City Ground today, um, NBC's embarrassing Tyson Bajan love fest makes Bears look even dumber. And he he kind of touched on it there. And then uh, Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes on WSCR, they had a, a great rant today, basically the same thing. It's like, this is like, like you said, this is being fed to these guys at NBC that they don't follow the Bears closely. You know, they don't, they don't know. They see a great story. Oh man, Tyson Bajan, UDFA. You know, they had a whole bunch of clips. They they wanted some stuff. 
Uh, his his dad is outstanding. His dad is a great personality. They wanted to promote this. This is great ratings for them. They wanted him to be good. But the product in the field wasn't showing that. It's like uh, awfulannouncing.com. They had a lot of good stuff on this too. It's like they're saying all these great things about how Fields has to learn from Bajan. And then the very next play is a horrible throw. It's like, you know, the, the narrative, you can't drive the narrative when the game is taking place. You know what I mean? It's like there's a disconnect there because it's not happening. We like Bajant. We want him to succeed, but let's let's just slow down, you know, and it's like that's what seems to happen. And I'm with you. I think the Bears definitely had a few things to say. You know, maybe they weren't quite as over the top as what Collinsworth did because Collinsworth is he's doing this for ratings. He's trying to push things too because that's what he does on, uh, as a color commentator. So maybe it wasn't as to that extent, but he got that vibe somewhere. He, he got that vibe from Getze or from Fields or from one of the, the quarterback coach or someone. You know, it's just – it was ridiculous to the way that they were kind of treating that game. Bernstein called it dirty pool, which I think is yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. And and I think it's – honestly, it's, it's ridiculous, and I think it should have set you as a Bears fan. Now, if you have – if you believe in – if you're the, like, 2% of Bears fans out there that just really like this coaching staff, and don't like Justin Fields, then you, you don't care what I'm saying right now. Anyway. No. You, you've already made up your mind, and, and you agree with this. But I think it's BS, and I, I think these guys should be called out for it. And I, I think they should. Um, I don't think they should have jobs. Like I think that, I think they should just disappear. And uh, I'm not I'm not very happy with it. And those of you that think like, oh, these guys are just calling how they see it, I will I will take you back to the the media narrative game that I remember the most clearly was the. Uh, NBC game where they retired Brett Favre's jersey. And they wanted nothing more than to just slurp on Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And that whole game, Rodgers didn't play that well, and the Bears were winning. And then they like gave him like eight shots at the end zone at the end. And the Bears won. The Bears held on and won that game. They didn't talk about the Bears once, no. the entire game. It wasn't until afterwards, and they're like, oh, the Bears won this game. We should probably talk about the Bears. I remember this because I watched it at my in-laws and my father-in-law is a Packers fan and the whole game, I'm just sitting there like, what am I listening to? What is this? They're not calling the game. Yeah. They're, they have these prepared remarks. They thought Green Bay was going to walk all over Chicago, which to their credit, you know, in defense for them, that generally is what happens. Right. Yeah. But, but, but that wasn't what was happening on the field. So they weren't calling the game. They were presenting, you know, whatever package that they had developed. They had this developed and it, it didn't match what was on the field, but they already had this developed. So anytime something happened, we, you know, Bajan throws a pass, you know, 50 yards down the field. He overthrows Tyler Scott by seven yards. Right. And Trico makes some comment like he's got the arm strength. Yeah. Like what? Like how is it that maybe there's not even close to being accurate. That's not a good ball. Yeah. Like there's nothing good about that pass, but you're going to defend it because you're, well, see, he's got the arm strength. And not really like that wasn't really, <laughs> that wasn't really what that was. Um, anyway, I just it, they come up with these things, unfortunately, in advance a lot of times. And they try to fit the narrative into the game. And even if the game does not reflect that. And and I, to me, Bernstein nailed it. It's 30. It's 30 pool. Yeah. OK, there was my rant. That's OK. You had to get it out there somewhere. Now it's a good place for it. As, as you said, it's, that's exactly what seemed like happened. You know, we aren't the only one that saw it. Obviously, you know, Kyrie wrote about it. Bernstein and Holmes talked about it. It's out there. It's uh, it's an entertainment product. 
That's that's what the Sunday night football is. So they had to have their stuff prepared and it didn't go the way they wanted to go. So that's what happens. No, it did not. All right. We'll <laughs> take a quick break on the other side of this break. Uh, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite segment, Three Bears. Stick with us. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Lester, let's talk three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. A lot of places to go for one of these bowls, but uh, the hot bowl of porridge, I'm curious where you went. I'm going to let you lead off on this one. Cole Komet okay. had, a, had a career high, 10 receptions, uh, 79 yards. Um, plus, when I watched him back as a blocker, he, he didn't get a lot of chances to block in the run game because the bears didn't run very successfully very often, but he was fine. And, and I think Cole Komet just because of a career high, I got, I got to go hot bowl here. Cause like I said, there's not a lot of place to go with this when the bears got beat 30 to 13, you know? So, uh, Cole Komet, man, he got no catches last week. Last week he was more blocking this week. The, the receiving aspect comes in and, you know, he, he, uh, he, he made some plays, you know, not enough, obviously, but you know, I, I think Cole Komet is, uh, still, he, he is who he is. This is who he is. He's capable of these these outbursts on occasion. And uh, it was nice to see Baden kind of look to him on occasion here. All right. So I'll, he was my just right. And and I know like it's a big statistical yeah. outburst in terms of 10 catches. But he this is a young quarterback, right? Yeah. Who like So I was surprised last week that he wasn't targeted. Like, I mean, he didn't have a target, let alone a catch, I yeah. believe Right. So this was to me like a nice bounce back for this, because this is what I would expect Tyson Bajan to have to to build through. Right. Like a lot of the throws that are going to be available to him, I think, are the tight end routes. And so I was surprised that he didn't take advantage of that last week. And this week I did. You know, there was maybe an overcorrection and it maybe went away from from more a little bit too much. Uh, but yes. uh, ten, 10 catches on 10 targets, 79 yards, no touchdowns like that's that's a it's a it's a nice game right yeah. like you, it's 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 a few more catches than you might expect but it's not like he went over 100 yards it's not like he had two touchdowns right it's not like he broke five tackles like he made the plays that were there and you know like made made a little bit a uh, little bit of yak right not too much but a little bit of yak right so to me it felt like a just right bowl so uh you know just maybe my expectations are a little higher cool. no you know it's it's fair cuz i actually had him on just right at first and then okay. I'm looking in, I'm like, well, you know, he had a, he never had this in his life. 10 catches in an NFL game. 
I'm like, well, that that alone pushed him to the over the top because the, the spirit of the hot bowl is someone that does better than you think. I wasn't expecting 10 catches out of Cole Komet. That's why I kind of threw him there. But, but I can totally see where you're coming from. This is a nice game, 7.9 yards per carry. That's fine. That's a nice game for him. You know, you, you want to see it come in wins, but that's not what the Bears do these days. All right, so so my hot bowl of porridge, and maybe you can argue that this is a just right, uh, okay. but for me it's TJ Edwards. And okay. I thought he had a really nice game. I know he missed the tackle. Before yeah. somebody says, like, hey, he missed that tackle, like, I get it. Guys don't make every play that's out there, but he makes a lot of plays. He makes a lot of plays that a lot of guys aren't making right now. And so uh, nine solo tackles, four assists, one fumble recovery, two tackles were for loss, nice uh, drops in the backfield. And then he he got two hits on Herbert. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but those were the only two quarterback hits. <laughs> that's, that's all they had. <laughs> Justin Herbert. Oh, so, geez. like, he was the only guy providing any kind of splash, right? Like, he was – I think he had the most tackles, combined tackles. Mm -hmm. Eric Stevenson had 10 solo tackles, which that's for a different reason, right? But, like, I mean, he's he's making the plays that are there, minus the one missed tackle on Eckler. Uh, he's, he's making plays in the backfield. Like, he's rushing the passer and getting heat, right? Like, he, he was around the ball, and, and it was able to recover the fumble for the, for the only turnover that the Bears defense forced. Like, he, I mean, I, I know that he has been stacking tackles this year last week not so much but like overall this year stacking tackles but he's around the football all the time he's he making is. plays he's one of the few guys that are is actually doing something on this defense consistently he's played 95 percent of the snaps like he's a good football player you you want to get mad about the other linebacker contract fine but i'm i'm okay with this i think he's a good football player and i think he deserves a little bit of spotlight here i like that you know he uh i like during the game, there was some some chatter that he got burned a couple times in, in pass coverage. You know, there was some stats I thought I saw throughout people throughout today about his uh, his his coverage grade. It was the best. You cannot cover Austin Eckler with a, I don't care who you are. You know, right. uh, it, it's impossible coming out of the backfield on those option routes. He just picks whichever way you're leaning. He goes the other way. You have to stop Austin Eckler out of the backfield by scheme. You have to have that schemed up to where you have a guy ready for him because if, if, if it's if it's anything where it's just one guy there and there's no one else you know in, in, in that hook zone, he's going to get his catch. You cannot cover that. It's the same thing we talked about with 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 uh, 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 Cohen years back with the Bears. Run him on those option routes because you cannot cover him. Austin Eckler is a fantastic football player, and he got a, a ton of yards because that's all they did with him. Yeah. He, yes, absolutely. Again, I'm sure people are going to be like, Jeff, you're an idiot. He you know, okay. got burned. I don't care. Like yeah. he, he's, he's the only one that's making plays. And again, your scheme is what your scheme is. Uh, you know what? Let's just go into cold bowl porridge because I'll just, I'll just give that. I'm just giving it to the whole defense. Uh, okay. Other because <laughs> I just want to read you. Uh, I just want to read you Herbert's stat line. You ready for this? Just it's brutal. Justin Herbert, who really didn't do much of anything in the second half because they didn't have to, right? Um, 31 of 40 for 298 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It's a 122.7 quarterback rating. Took no sacks and only took two quarterback hits. I mean, this was the friendliest day at the office for, for Justin Herbert, who is a fantastic 
talent. Like yes. he is a very good quarterback. Like I, I mean, top five quarterback in the league. I, I, you know, but he has not played all that great consistently this year, right? Like I mean, there there have been games where he has struggled. Um, this offense, the Chargers' offense, has not necessarily been the juggernaut that a lot of people maybe thought they were. They, they were not challenged at all. They were just trying to soak the clock in the second half. Like this, this was this was a walk in the park. This continues to be a theme of Matter of defense is that there's just no pressure on the quarterback, and there's just not really a lot of resistance to to stop anything. So you see, you know, average quarterbacks look good, and then you see good quarterbacks look amazing, and and that's the problem. I mean, that this. I, 122 quarterback rating without breaking a sweat. Like the guy didn't really do much. Like in the second half, he could have he could have ran up 400 yards easy if if they would have kept put pressure in the ball. Here. Whole defenses are Everflus. Whole defenses are. Yeah, the Chargers definitely coasted. I think uh, Justin Herbert completed his first 15 passes. You know, he just was. Uh, he he was. You know, when when you're not pressured, you know it's going to happen. You know, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, you know, I, I thought there'd be more out of him at this point. You know, maybe you can say, well, offenses know that he's the only guy the Bears have, so they're kind of maybe giving him a little extra attention. But you know what? You got to win some some matchups when you get him, and he's not winning enough. Uh, Demarcus Walker, he's flashed here and there. Uh, Andrew Billings, he's he's fine. I mean, the run defense against the Chargers, really good. The Bears have one of the better run defense in the NFL. But honestly, who cares because it's a passing league, you know what I mean? So if you're going to let Herbert throw the ball all over you, you know, and you can't stop them. What the hell are you gonna do? This team's built to win in 1995. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what do you got for your cold ball? I had two because I thought you would take the layup with Bayless Jones Jr. Um, I, I thought you were gonna go that way. I have him down, but uh, that you know, when it happened live, I'm like, well, it's a little a little underthrown. It was underthrown, but but at the same time, a a NFL receiver makes that play. Hundred percent. Bayless Jones Jr. is not an NFL receiver. Nope. And the Bears keep running them out there. At this point, you're like, yes, it's because of the draft status. What else is the reason for him to keep playing? There was someone, I, I forget who sent it out. They sent out all of Bayless Jones's uh, miscues throughout his Bears career. All, all of his, it's like, what, what? This guy is still in the NFL. How is it even possible? He had a penalty on, on, on as a gunner, too. So I thought you were going to take it that way. So I'm going to go a different route just because, you know, the Bears suck. Let's keep going. Dominique Robinson was inactive. Here's another guy that's on the roster. You know, he didn't even get the dress this time. First time I believe in his career. And I, I looked at his stats this year. In two of the last three games he played, he may as well have been inactive. He didn't get a stat. Against Washington and against Las Vegas, he did nothing. He played. He didn't scratch the stat sheet. And then the one game he did something in against the Vikings, he had two assisted tackles so in in in, in th two of the last three games he did nothing so the bears figured you know what khalid cream now is coming off ir he's the guy we, we wanted to get as a uh on the waiver wire let's sit dominique robinson and there were people surprised oh my god you know why is robinson oh because he sucks he, he's done nothing this whole season which is unfortunate because i i had high hopes for him good speed off the edge good athletes you know, he flashed last year, week one, and then really did nothing. Okay, he's still learning the position. What is he being taught? Does he just is he not capable of of picking up anything besides the one move that he has? Apparently, that's that's the case here. So, 
I, I had to go the double dip, Bayless and uh, Dominique, two of uh, Ryan Poles' draft picks last year. Well, that's a good one. Uh, I didn't notice that Dominique wasn't out there, but how can you notice when he is and when he isn't, right? Like this is the, <laughs> you know, this is the new uh, Alkadi Muhammad, right? Like, really oh, like, oh, oh, that guy. I I didn't even realize he was out there. Uh, interesting that he just fell on a football. Uh, you know, at some point, the Valus thing, like, I mean, isn't it isn't it just elder abuse if we oh, we sort of give him too much? Sorry, I. The Valus thing kind of kills me because it was an underthrown ball. But I mean, just stop, right? Like, I mean, it's just it, it, it's it's bad. He lost his footing. That happens. But like, it's bad. And then the the penalty on special teams is actually drives me a little bit more nuts, right? Like that, like that's really inexcusable too. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not good. It's not good. The Bears scored on that on that drive that he had the drop, right? I think they ended up. Taking that in for a touchdown? I believe so. That was the Evans so, uh, touchdown run. Yeah. So I don't think it actually hurt bottom line at all. But anyway, yes, that was bad. Uh, okay. So you already did, you already had your just right. Do you have another just right? You haven't done yours. Huh? You haven't done yours though. I have not done. So I'm I'm gonna go just because I want to finish. I don't want this to look like I know we've talked a little negatively toward Tyson Bajans. So I'm I'm going Bajan here. Just right. He, he okay. performed like I thought he would. He's fine, you know. Sixty-eight percent passing—that's a good completion percentage for, for a guy. You know, he's done a pretty good job now in his in his three times he's played. He's going to get to start against again again against the Saints. Uh, Coach Eberflus already said that Justin Fields' thumb will not let him play. He's already been ruled out, so he'll get one more game. You know, before they decide to maybe go back to the the Fields if his thumb's good. So we like Bajent. He is fine. He's playing good football for an undrafted free agent. So. Let's keep it up. Yeah, I you know, let's be crystal clear is that any kind of rant is about the coverage or the people that are yes. trying to promote him as the next great thing. Yeah. Like yeah. let's let's keep in mind what this guy is trying to do. And if he exceeds those expectations, let's then reset the bar then, right? Let, let's let the let the guy play a little bit. Let it let his career breathe and see yes. what happens, as opposed to trying to discard somebody else and promote this person on top like we don't need to do that stuff right like let's let's set the bar with what it is and, and let's see what he can do so um i don't have much else uh the only other thing that i would say is darnell mooney next time that happens get up and run yeah. uh like that they, they blew that dead because you were acting like it was dead that was the only reason like you, you have to get up and even if you think you're down which you're not um get up and run so uh, that's that's the only thing. I don't know if that's a bowl of porridge or just like I'm yelling that at the line as guys are coming Let's through. Let's just yell it. It's fine. It's okay. <sighs> Frustrating. So uh, what else is going on that you want to promote before we get out of here? You know, the Bears may stink. The Bears may not be what we want, but, you know, we're still uh, there. I mean, I'm sure Jacob's going to have a, another mock draft at some point this week. You know, the the, the draft order's kind of flipped a little bit with the, uh, the Panthers getting a win. The Cardinals still losing, you know, but it's still fun. I mean, there's going to be a, a couple high draft picks there for the Bears to kind of do something with. And, you know, we'll, of course, be back here on the, on the video channel, on the podcast channel. We're not going anywhere. I mean, we've got stuff uh, all week here at the site. We're still covering our, our Chicago Bears. Yeah, so I think that I have to make up some some guest spots here. 
because I took my vacation last week. So I believe I'm filling in for Bill on the postgame show this week uh, with the Saints game, unless unless his schedule has changed. I think I'm going to be doing that with Taylor. Oh, nice. And then um, I'll be Bill's guest on the Thursday night game, the Panthers, next week. So be doing a couple of immediate post games, and then we'll of course do this show. So uh, a lot of a lot of post game reaction from me coming up. Of course, you know we'll have EJ on on Bears and More Beers on Wednesday uh, as we get into November uh, as this season continues to roll along halfway over already, and all of the fun implications of what's going on. Bears have the Panthers. Bears have the Cardinals still on the schedule. There's some very interesting stuff that'll happen with those games and draft order. Um, you know, the, the Vikings just lost Kirk Cousins for the year. Oh, you know, what does that brutal. do to that team? You know, they already have four wins, but, you know, how many more wins can they really have without Kirk? Uh, what are they going to do? The Packers only have two wins, right? Like, at what point did they start thinking about tanking? Like, this is this year was open for the Bears. Like, all of our analysis was right about every other team except this one. Like, we, we knew that this thing was open. You know, the, the schedule was soft, all those things. Like, we had the whole league kind of pegged. But of course, the Bears uh, were not what we thought they were going to be. So that's that's the unfortunate part. Didn't get the didn't get the home team figured out. Uh, other otherwise, I don't have much else. Uh, just getting back into the swing of things. But like you said, join us on the site, and uh, we'll stick around here for a few minutes to do a little Q and A with the YouTube crowd. Uh, but until next time, thanks for joining us. Bear down. <laughs>